Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey, Chandler Bolt here, and joining me today is Jordan Lee Dooley. Uh, Jordan is the author of a book called Own Your Every Day. She runs a company called Jordan Lee Media. Her mission is to help women prioritize their health and well-being as they build their dreams. She's got a brand new book. By the time you're seeing this or listening to this, it's probably out. I think this, this episode is dropping the day after her book comes out. So um, check it out. It's called Embrace Your Almost. comes out on April 5th. I'm sure we'll be talking about that a little bit. Uh, a few things we'll be talking about today. So she's got a book that's done really well, has a ton of reviews behind the scenes on this next book. Can you, can you learn from Etsy to sell more books on Amazon, Instagram? There's a lot of things that we can unpack here. I think you're going to love this episode. So Jordan, welcome. Great to have you. Oh, great to be here. Thanks for having me. What an intro. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's take it back to the first book. So you released um, Own Your Every Day. It looks like back in May of 2019, um, mm-hmm. oh, three days before my birthday. Oh, wow. uh, why did you write the first book? What sparked uh, that's that? That's a good question. You know, I wrote the first book because, well, it, it was interesting how it kind of evolved, but I really wrote it because I felt like the number one question I was getting asked because, well, at that time I was speaking on college campuses a lot. I was speaking at women's events a lot. And it felt like the number one question I was getting asked was like, how do I figure out what I want to do with my life? Like, how did you figure out what you want to do? How do I figure out what's like what I was made to do? Like that sense of searching for meaning and a sense of purpose. And so the what's interesting is I think a lot of us get t- caught up in like, and also what looks good, what's impressive. And so that book was about overcoming the pressure to prove so you can really do what you were made to do. And so it's really about trying things, finding, you know, finding what you love, but you, a lot of times that's through action and through trying things. And so that's kind of the message of that book is how do you really overcome the pressure to prove? so you can really walk in the things that you were made to do. So yeah, that was why I wrote it. And it was really fun to launch it into the world and see how many lives it, it touched. And it was, it was awesome. Yeah. And so almost, so it sounds like you're, you're traveling, speaking, you're getting a similar question often. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you say, hey, I want to write a book on this specific thing. How did you see that fitting in with, so if that's the purpose for the reader, what was the mm-hmm. purpose for you as the author? Like, how yeah. did you see that fitting in with your business, your ecosystem? I feel like a lot of my business grew because I was naturally a storyteller. Like I started with Etsy Mm. and I was doing like handmade products, hand lettered stuff. I was a college student and then graduated and realized I need to make some more money. So I added wedding photography. Um, And so I just kind of had this like hodgepodge of like a creative freelance business for a year or two. And in that time, it really, like my social media started to grow. Like I, I started to get all these opportunities and I'm like, what? why is it growing? And I realized it was because I wasn't just sharing like cute pictures of couples that I was taking at weddings or because I was sharing a picture of my product. It was because I would write these long captions, which now I've turned it into like carousel style posts and, you know, different formats. But I was writing these long captions about relevant topics to a young woman's life who was my core demographic at that point. And um, they were getting shared like crazy. I mean, it was like, 30,000 shares on Facebook, 10,000. I mean, it was just like, and I was starting to grow this community and I was like, I feel like I need a resource and a tool to where they can have these like 
captions, but extended and longer and more in depth in their hand. And so it served that purpose, but it also was like kind of a, an authority builder for me, if you will. Um, because it was like, it took it from Etsy shop owner, Instagram influencer, you know, to like author. And I felt like that was a, that was a tool I could use for my brand. And it really did open a lot of doors that I didn't expect, even just change the way I was like opportunities that came and different things like that. So it was, it was partly to meet that need of, Hey, I want to give you a, a resource that takes a lot of what you love to consume just from my businesses. And what's really yeah. actually allowed my business to grow, which really was my words and my storytelling mm. and kind of build that into something bigger and more lasting than like an Instagram caption. Got it. That makes sense. So it's, it's, it's giving people more of what they want, which is or what they're voting with their shares and yeah. likes that they're interested in. And then also yeah. becoming an authority, which Yep. you know, we always say the root word of authority is author. You can't spell the word authority without the word author. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so can you, and I, I was on your website earlier and I, I like how you, I think you do a great job of visuals mm. and, 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 and visuals and design and aesthetic. And, and I, and so I like the kind of from Etsy owner to mm-hmm. this, to, I think it was influencer podcast mm-hmm. book and something else. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to remember the exact sequence, but can you kind of unpack that? Was it, yeah. it sounds like it started with the Instagram, then the Etsy shop, started then, with, then book started, or what was that? Yeah. So I started with Etsy, partly just kind of as a hobby. It was like a side hustle hobby that I enjoyed doing in my free time when I was a senior in college. Um, and then I realized like, oh, I could, this was like 2015, 2016 time. And I was like, oh, I could use Instagram and Facebook, which at the time it was actually more Facebook, but I was like, I could use these platforms to try to sell more products. And so that's where I kind of popped onto Instagram, did a few giveaways with interior designers, with my product, et cetera, started to grow, did a lot of writing that got tons of shares. Um, and so then I had this larger audience and a lot of them were like women and young girls, I'd say 18 to 25 at that time. Um, and so anyway, that led to adding wedding photography so because a lot of them were getting married and getting engaged. And so it was just kind of a natural thing to add in. And so I started doing that on top of the Etsy, but I was still writing a lot. Like writing was kind of the core thing. And then um, I started to get asked, I graduated, you know, got married a few months later. So really started to get asked to speak a lot on sorority, like to sorority groups and teams and just a lot of young women's groups, sometimes church conferences, things like that. And so actually I had published, or I had pushed, uh, not pushed, pitched a book idea. Um, really soon after I graduated, I had had an agent reach out to me because my account was growing. I was sharing a lot of this stuff. And she said, Hey, I think you can write a book. And at the time I'm like 22, barely. And I'm like, I can't I'm like, what would I write a book about? And so we tried to come up with some ideas. We put a proposal out there, which I was like, what in the heck am I even doing? said no everyone said no everyone's like this is there's no idea here like there's there's no like hook there was you know it was terrible it was terrible so I was like yeah that's okay like honestly I don't think this is the season I'm gonna write a book I need to like grow a little maybe I need to refine my message so anyways we kind of tabled the whole thing and then about a year to a year and a half later after I had been speaking for a while I had an editor from Penguin Random House reach out and that's when they were like hey we'd love to write a book we'd love to explore some concepts with you and by that point I had spent 12 to 15 months doing a lot more speaking getting a lot more feedback, hearing this question come up, up, up and again and again. And so I had a clearer idea and concept. And so that's what led to then kind of working on the book idea. Um, and then while I was writing that book is when I launched the podcast. And so we launched the podcast in October of 2018. 
Um, and that hit number two on the top charts, like above Joe Rogan. I was like, what is happening? Like it was oh, wow. wild, but we launched the podcast. Like we launched a book. So we had a wow. podcast launch team. Like we had all these, it was, it was really fun. We, I, mm. I totally, so it kind of gave me a practice run on when I would launch the book later the next year. So then mm. we launched the book the following year in November or in um, May of 2019 and podcast continued to grow, continued to do that. And then the following fall, so October, November of 2019 is when I rolled out my education coaching brand where I have a couple mm. courses in a coaching program um, just to kind of support, it's called Own It Academy. So Own Your Everyday, Own It Academy um, mm. to kind of expand on helping you step into what you were called to do. So that's wow. kind of had the evolution of everything and we've just kind of been stewarding and building that since. Yeah, that makes sense. It was a hot so, mess for the first few years. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, you're throwing a lot, you're throwing the spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. Yep, absolutely. And 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 I think that's, a, I mean, this is very smart. It's a smart way to do it. We One of our core values at self-publishing school is fail fast, fail forward, fail often. Mm-hmm. And and so it's like, how do we fail quickly and learn and iterate yep. and get feedback? Yeah. Um, which it just, I think it just so happened that, you know, a lot of the iterations you were doing were actually doing, doing pretty well, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which is cool. So yeah. is, is kind of the, is Instagram, is that kind of the hub that feeds like the top of funnel hub that kind of feeds into everything else that you do? Is that That's now the, is the podcast kind of usurp that? Like what, what, yeah. what do you view as the hub that brings yeah. in the ecosystem? Cause you get, just from the outside looking in, it's like, okay, this is a pretty sizable ecosystem Mm -hmm. that's building. Yeah. I would say when it comes to bringing new people in, especially organically, Instagram is probably my primary way of doing that. But the podcast is probably second runner up to that. You know, if we're not talking about paid ads and other things like that, um, only because the podcast gets shared with friends, because we've really turned that into like a lot of wellness stuff, wellness as in the context Mm -hmm. of working and, you know, the busyness of life and all of that, Um, just because that's a big part of my story the last few years. So it's evolved into that. But it's really like the ultimate podcast for women. Like, what do you need to know? Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, I I would say Instagram, partly because of the really shareable content I create with, I mean, we'll post, I'll post a carousel and it'll have four or five, 10, 14,000 shares. So I tried to kind of take what I used to do with long captions and turn it into a format that's serving, you know, our Mm. modern world a little bit more. Um, So that brings in a ton of new people all the time. And then the podcast would be probably second runner up to that. Got it. And why, um, why do you think your Instagram has grown so quickly and in any big picture things that you've learned that might be helpful for other people who are looking to grow specifically on Instagram? It's a good question. I think it grew originally because I was very specific to who I was speaking to. I really pretty much spoke to on a couple of core topics that were kind of creating a soul tie. And I didn't even realize that. And soul tie is like this sense of like, you get me, you understand my problem, you understand my frustration. Mm. So when I was first starting and where a lot of what I was building, you remember I was doing wedding photography and I was creating um, a lot of like wedding signage and um, like hand letter type stuff on Etsy. So a lot of what I was doing was around like the topic of faith and relationships. And it was very targeted toward like college women and recent graduates. So I had a very specific demographic and a very specific like couple of topics or topic that I spoke to. Um, And so that was first. Then I would say I've been able to go broader now. Like now I weave in some wellness conversation. I've got more of like a work slash business education arm with the academy. Um, But I think what's allowed me to continue growing. And there's been times I've plateaued for sure. Like once you kind of get to a certain spot, sometimes my growth, I just kind of say, I don't really care to grow right now. I'm not going to kill myself over it. But the way I know I can continue growing whenever I want to plug and play that is to be very consistent with super shareable content. And I think everyone's talking about how like reels on Instagram are like 
all the rage right now. And to a degree they are, that is what Instagram wants to push. That's what they will reward. But what's been interesting to evaluate is I've been doing a lot of testing and I find that I get a lot more, I feel like reels can lead to some growth, but really it's more reach and carousels and really shareable carousels are leading to a lot more growth. Like I can look at my follows on a, on a reel that'll get 500,000 views or 300,000 views. And I might get a couple hundred follows or couple, you know, a couple dozen follows, but on a carousel, I'll get sometimes like 4,000 new followers from one carousel. So I think utilizing that format of what's something that are just like shareable bits that people just want to easily put on their story. Um, I think that is key, regardless of what your niche is and regardless of what topics or topic you talk about, consistently posting that multiple times throughout the week can make, I mean, that's how I've pretty much, that's what I've relied on for growth now, because I can see mm. the difference between Instagram in 2022 and Instagram in 2016, 2017. Like I was growing yeah. no problem, just posting whatever about my niche. Now it's like, I have to be a lot more strategic with the type of content mm. that I post. It's more competitive. I mean, similar mm -hmm. to books as well on Amazon, yeah. the ecosystem, the market sophistication is yep. going up. That, that's really interesting. It, I love that. I love the distinction you made between reach and growth. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to ask this hopefully for the audience, but maybe it's just for me. Um, cause I'm, I'm like, I'm, I, I, am the no Instagram guy. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I don't even have an Instagram. I've got, I've got his face. I actually, you'll get a kick of this. I did my first Instagram live last night, That's awesome. I'm like, and, and, but I was on someone else's. And so I, it was just, yeah. you know, that was the, the kind of like you, it's like, they had a big Instagram following is like, Hey, let's bring you in to talk about book stuff. Yeah. It's like, yeah. all right. So I'm like trying to figure out how to even get on this thing um, yeah. right before it happens. But, uh, so for those who aren't familiar, carousel, what is it? And how do you design a shareable carousel? That's a great question. Okay. So a carousel is, okay. Think of like a picture on Instagram, but instead of just posting one, Instagram allows you to post up to 10. So it's essentially slides and they're usually like quick bits of information or a quick piece of content. So a lot of times what I've seen to be really effective is when you almost treat it like a mini book or a mini article, okay? Mm. And you make a cover image. So you do some, you can do any kind of cover image. It can just be like a styled image. It doesn't have to be a person. It can be you if you're kind of the face of your brand. You can do it various ways. Um, but then you put a, a title on it. The title needs to be intriguing. So it might be something like three reasons why you're not growing on Instagram or, um, or it could just be like, it could be a statement that's kind of like, oh, like um, if you're, well, it could be something like if you're struggling with X, read this. So it's kind of a clear like call to action, or it might be something that's more of a statement. Like it's not your job to, and then something that you kind of would assume it's your job. It's not your job to make everyone happy. Okay. So it just depends on what your niche is. But my point is something that kind of creates a little curiosity. So you put that in like bold text over the photo and then you swipe through and you can do either like quotes on like a Canva. You can use Canva to just put some quotes on a plain colored background. Or what I do is I actually use a tweet template. So it looks like a tweet. And as you scroll through the five, 10, however many slides that I've got, it's expanding on an idea. And then each one, it or at least a couple of them, you want to be like a a statement or a really interesting fact that people are like, oh my gosh, my friends need to hear this or my friends need to know this, right? So whether it's a stat that like is kind of mind blowing about your topic of interest or is uh, a piece of encouragement that's like, oh, I needed to hear that when I'm when I'm struggling with my Instagram growth or my weight or whatever it is you help people with. Um, something that makes them go, I want my friends to hear this. This really helps me. They will just say, post a story. So it's essentially several slides and they, it's kind of building an idea, almost like a mini article, but everything should be one to two sentences on each slide. You don't want like a full book on every slide. 
And is the last slide usually some sort of call to action? It, yeah, that? a lot of times. So what I've started doing, especially with this book, which I didn't do with the last book because I don't think carousels were even a feature on Instagram the last time. So hmm. what I've been doing with this book is I'll, so from this book is about like waiting seasons, not being where you want to be, kind of feeling stuck in life. So what I've been doing is I'll do a, um, a carousel and the cover will say, if you're in a waiting season, read this. And then there's like five or six really encouraging or like informative uh, tweets. Cool. And then at the end, it's a picture of the book and it's like pre-order here or something like that. So, yeah. Hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right. So if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement. And I think one thing you're touching on, we, I, I talk about this in, in, in my new book. It's um, there's two applications is the four P's of a high converting offer and the mm. four P's of a, of a bestselling book or, mm. and, and it's person pain promise price. And I think that's exactly what you're, I know the person that I'm talking to. I know the pain that they have, that they know that they have. And then I am meeting them with a promise that's yes. inspiration and that's encouragement yeah. and that's mm -hmm. that sort of thing, which I think is, it's an easy thing to overlook and jump to the, how are you doing the carousel and what are you doing this? But mm -hmm. that's one singular decision. I feel like just looking at what you've 100%. done, that it feels like making that singular decision has made everything else Pretty just easy, massively more effective. Yeah. And effective too. And, and I mean, you're right. Cause I think a lot of times we, and, and I think the other thing to remember, especially if you are an expert on something, like maybe your expertise is nutrition or your expertise is finances or something. It's so easy to want to do all education on Instagram, which is great. Like I think a large part of your content can be educational, but I think what really gets the growth is the stuff that's like, kind of like a, a stops me in my tracks, not just because I learned something, but because, wow, this like really touched me or challenged me or uplifted me. And I want other people in my industry or who are struggling with their weights or with their money or whatever to hear this. Like, like mm. even if you would do a whole educational story slide, but at the end you say like, remember your worth is not in how many, you know, is not worth, is not in your net, your worth is not in your net worth. Right. Or something like that. Like a simple little like quote like that, people could be like, Oh God, I needed to hear that. And they might reshare. Yeah. So it's, you can slip in those reminders that are punchy, that are short, that are quick and that are memorable. Um, mm. And that makes it really easy for growth because people will share that even if they don't follow you. And then yeah. it just becomes this like exponential thing. Yeah. So you spoke about this with the carousel specific to the new book. Mm -hmm. um, and okay, it's a, it's waiting seasons. Okay. That's the topic of the carousel. And then maybe it's a call to action at the, the final book, anything else um, that you've seen work well, or that you've done specifically around the book launches to use Instagram to, to move copies of the book? That's a really good question. So um, one thing that happened with um, the first book launch, and we're going to see kind of how this plays out with the next one, obviously. But one thing that happened is we had a cup. I, I noticed really obviously using user generated content is awesome, but we almost kind of turned it into somewhat of a competition. And now it depends on whether you're self-published or traditionally published and where your book is sold. But one thing we saw was 
like it was like the first day or two that the book was out and we noticed that somebody posted like my target sold out of like they posted a picture of like the empty um shelf and so I was like so I reposted and said oh my gosh you guys are starting to sell out targets then it was like it almost created this like I want to go see if my target has it so we sold out targets like all over the place it was wild but it was started with one and then two and then like oh another target sold out another and it created this like intrigue or like curiosity like i wonder if my target has it so kind of i don't want to say like using fomo but kind of using this like are you going to get a copy at target kind of thing is really powerful one of the things that i think we're going to do this time around that i've done with other like other offers that i've made outside of books is a sticky note wall have you guys ever done that Okay. So when we've had people enrolled, like my coaching program, which is literally like, let's figure out what you're good at and what you want to do and make a plan to start making that happen. That's what my Mm -hmm. coaching program is all about. When people enroll in that or my other courses, we do like a one week car open and we start putting names on a wall of people who have actually Uh, enrolled. And so we have filled up an entire wall from top to bottom of names. And it's so funny because now, like when I'm actually coaching live, we'll have, I'll see in the chat, like, yep, your sticker wall sold me. Like I wasn't going to do it, but I wanted my name on the wall. Like it's wild. And so I'm like, why would I not do that for books? Because it's, it's a way to, it's, it's completely in integrity. All it is doing is acknowledging those who have raised their hand and said yes to whatever it is you're putting in front of them. And it shows this community and this like movement around whatever it is you've created. And I really believe in the importance of positioning a book, not as a message, but as a movement, because your message, even if it's educational, is about helping people move the needle in their life towards something that they want to get to, whether that's being more content or getting healthier or selling more books or whatever outcome you're trying to get them. And so I've really tried to always position and the things that do well is like, hey, you want to be part of this movement? Do you want to help like make a difference in people's lives by getting this in the hands of more women or more people who are struggling with this or more authors or what have you? And so really positioning it that way and creating that like sense of community where it's like, hey, I'm acknowledging that you pre-ordered this. Like I'm sticking your name on the wall. Like that's going to be a little challenging for me in terms of they're ordering from all these retailers. So it's going to be more based off of when they tell me they ordered versus when you're self-published, you may have more access to that direct data. But using that kind of resource in one way or another, both the user-generated content and the acknowledgement, putting this like wall of fame, if you will, of everyone who said yes and like been a been a part of this movement and signed up for the movement, it creates like such a sense of community and buy-in in a way that I've seen very few other things do. So that's a huge thing we're going to probably try to do this time. That's awesome. That's smart. Uh, I, I want to back up to your first book a little bit, and then I want to talk about the next book. I mean, you've already kind of talked about it some mm-hmm. of just like, hey, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're trying, mm-hmm. all that. With the first book, were there any other like top two or three things that sold the most copies of the book? Um, I would say a huge thing that um, I went against the advice I was given. I was told, don't send it to fashion bloggers. Don't send it to like mommy bloggers. Like people in their audience don't buy books, send it to authors, send it to thought leaders, whatever. And I was like, that's, I disagree. Like, I think a lot of these people are like, especially micro influencers. So what we did, instead of just doing a big influencer campaign, we sent it to people with 6,000 followers. We sent it to people with 8,000 followers. We sent it like people who had really niche specific communities for clean living or motherhood or whatever issue. But point being like, their people showed up and it was wild because what we did is we kind of did it in waves. So we had a list of like 300 uh, micro influencers and we sent like the first hundred, the book, like the week before launch. And so they started sharing about it during the pre, like the week before, then another wave got it during launch week. And then another wave got it like the week after launch week. So for like a month, there was this like whole new wave and there was so many people resharing it uh, or sharing about it, but they were I mean, I think in so many ways, the micro influencer thing is actually smarter for books because people 
trust them so much. I mean, it'd be great to get a, if you can land a couple big influencers, like great. But to be honest, I found out even as a bigger influencer, like I found that to be more effective because even when I share a book, people are seeing me share books all the time because half my friends are authors and I'm constantly sharing a book suggestion. So it's like, I can see why from a viewer perspective, it's like, did you actually read that? Like, are you just sharing that? Cause it's your friend, you know, versus when like the person they follow that has 9,000 followers and talks about motherhood all the time and they feel like they're best friends with and they DM with all the time, like she shares a book recommendation, they're gonna buy it. So the micro influencer thing in waves was another big thing that I think really moved the needle and that we're doing again this time. Mm, I like that. That's mm-hmm. that's really, really smart. And I like mm-hmm. the waves piece. Yeah. And, um, and, it's, and it's an incentive for them too, because it's a cross promotion thing. Like, even if you don't have a huge audience, maybe you've got several thousand followers or whatever, but you're sending it to people of similar audience sizes saying like, Hey, if you shared on your story, I'll repost you. They get that cross promotion. They're going to be exposed yeah. to new people too. So it's worth it for them to do that. Yeah. Mm, that's mm-hmm. smart. What, how'd you get so many reviews on that book? I'm looking at, you got 1,923 as of the recording of this, about the past 2,000 oh. reviews. Anything that worked no well? No idea. I, I honestly, I think other than the launch team, like the launch team kind of gave us our basis, like our, our kind of foundation. And we that was one of the big things we asked of them was to leave reviews. Mm. Um, and we had a pretty big launch team. So that's the other thing is like, I feel like our launch team was close to 3000 people. So we, I mean, oh they were gosh. all from, yeah, they weren't all from the launch team the first time, but I would say at least the first 500 were. Um, so, yeah. um, but honestly, I have no idea. I didn't really have a strategy for that. <laughs> it just kind of happened. 3000 person launch team. How'd you recruit that? And how'd you run that? So we had it actually might've been more like 2,500, but it was over 2000 for sure. Yeah. Um, so we had, let's see, we had actually, hired a launch team like manager like someone who runs launch teams they've launched bob goff's books they've launched like other authors books and so i felt like let's kind of outsource that to someone who really knows how to run a launch team and can oversee Mm -hmm. it well and we will be doing that again this time but a big way that we recruited for that is basically every week there was a special bonus for the launch team so it's like we could continue this ongoing enrollment or we could just say hey there's one week to get in the launch team and then doors are closing so the first time we did it the doors are closing that that we basically gave them a week to get their spot be a part of it here all the things you're going to get or here here's some fun bonuses and there's going to be some surprises because there was a sense of like you get access to me you get inside info we're going to give you some behind the scenes some extra bonuses um and so we positioned it that way we put it out on social media put it out on the podcast and put it out um via email lists as well. And just kind of really, first we built up some hype for it for like two or three weeks before we were like, hey, we're gonna do this. Hey, we're gonna do this. Hey, we're gonna do this. And then it was like, it's open, go, you have a week. So I think kind of creating that even like mm, that decision smart. time worked really well. So that's kind of how we're, um, I would say is a really effective way to do it. You don't need 2000 people on a team, even having 50 people on a team is great. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think giving some sort of like incentive and then sometimes a limited window can be helpful as well. Nice. That's smart. Mm-hmm. Let's look at, um, let's look at the next book. Well, actually when well, I'll just make one, one or two quick notes that might be helpful for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I mentioned, um, this might be helpful for the next one. I mentioned, I sent you a copy of this book. Mm-hmm. So check out when you get it, there's a chapter on getting, um, your first or your next hundred reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I'm trying awesome. to think which chapter, Oh, chapter 20. Um, so two things that might be helpful. One is we do a review sweeper. It's just a three email sequence that they get okay. starting 21 days after they've downloaded oh, anything sweet. related to the book okay. It says, Hey, how do you like the book? Hit reply. Let me know. They reply. And then someone on your team says, Hey, would you mind just copying and pasting that? Like, thank you so much. Would you mind copy paste gotcha. that to an Amazon review? 
simple yeah. thing. And yeah. then what are the thing that might be helpful I've, I've done with this book is just a short link. Um, so for me, it's publishedbook.com forward slash review. Okay. So, something awesome. simple that you, yeah. your team, you can say on your podcast and it's easy, mm-hmm. but it's like, anytime you have a call to action or someone says po- something positive, you can say, Oh, go to whatever cool. the embraceyouralmost.com forward slash review or whatever mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. link is. And that can help just gotcha. corral that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I will say now that you bring that up, the only like thing I did to try to get reviews was when I would get a DM message or like a comment and they were like, this book changed my life, blah, blah. I would be like, thank you so much. Do you mind dropping this in an Amazon review? That would really help the book. And they were always like, yes, I would love to. So that was the only thing I did, but I think having more of a system would probably be best. So yeah, that's a great idea. I love that. Cool. Um, next book. Mm -hmm. We're, we're running out of time here and I've got, I'm realizing that I've got a bajillion questions that I can keep <laughs> asking you. Uh, Embrace Your Almost, um, it's, it's coming out at the time of this book and we'll, we'll mm-hmm. do a place people can go get it right at the end. If there's just one, one thing you're doing differently or that, that you're like, hey, we're definitely doing this, this round that you haven't shared yet to, to market that book successfully. Yeah, um, I'll share two things quickly that we're doing. The first is we had, um, we're giving away the book early. We've been doing that. Meaning cool. if you pre-order, you get an advanced digital copy and you can start reading it immediately, which was something very different. Oh, cool. It was kind of like a, is that a good strategy or not? But it's, I think yeah. it's been really good. Um, so that's been huge. And then um, another thing that we are doing this time is we're actually going to try ongoing enrollment for the launch team. Obviously we're just in the beginning of that when we're recording yeah. this. So at the time it airs, we'll see how it goes, but we're going to have on like each week, there'll be a new reason to join. So if you didn't join for last week's bonus, that's fine. There's something new this week that you might like better. So we're actually going to keep the launch team open until basically five or six days before the book launches. So people can consistently be joining. So we're going to see how that goes this time. Cause there's still timeouts in the sense that this yeah. bonus ends on Sunday, like your last chance to enroll in time to get it. Um, but yeah. we're going to kind of keep bringing new people in and see how that, how that goes. Nice. Love it. What would, um, what would be your parting piece of advice for the Jordan of a few years ago or the other Jordans out there that are thinking about (laughs) writing their first book, knowing what you know now? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I have a tendency to rewrite my books three times. Literally, I've rewritten both of them three times, partly because I think when you write books in your 20s, you and and you're writing kind of like more inspirational personal development books, you're also kind of like living things as you're learning from them and writing it. So it's this kind of challenge. So I would say, the biggest piece of advice I have is like, understand that it's okay to write slow and for this process to not like, it's great if you can knock it out in a few months. And if that works for you, awesome. But it's also okay to like want to revise a couple of times because I think I felt guilty for that. Like, oh gosh, I'm just like, not deci- like I'm not deciding or like I'm not being final with what I'm doing. But the books have turned out so much better. Like if I would have just run with my first manuscript both times, they wouldn't have the same title. They wouldn't have the same cover. They like it, sometimes a, an idea has to evolve a bit. So it's ta- I mean, it's taken me. My first book took me two years to write. This one really over the course of the last three years is what's like created it. And yes, I can write books faster. Like when I'm actually writing it really truly only takes me like two to three months to get the manuscript out. But sometimes you have to live a little bit more experience to get your ideas clear. Um, So anyways, I just, I I guess I just say like have grace for yourself in the process as much as you want to get the project done. Like it will be a better project if you give it the time it needs because it's so easy to want to hurry and hustle and rush through something. 
And yeah. if I had done that, we would have published a book that I would have regretted publishing a year ago because I tried mm. to write it in the time. Like also be very aware of the season you're writing it in. Because I tried to write yeah. this manuscript in, the season, in a season of grief, in a season of mourning, in a season of health issues. And it was like, I almost turned it into this like, it was the first kind of draft of it was kind of like a, a memoir, but like a grief memoir. And that has nothing to do with the original idea of the book. So sometimes when mm -hmm. you're writing from a raw place or you're just like not in a good headspace, what you want to get out isn't what's going to come through. And I would have yeah. regretted publishing that. So we pushed the whole thing back a year. So I just say like, it's okay to take your time if that's what you need given the season of your life. Cool. That's great. Well, hey, Embrace Your Almost um, comes out April 5th. Jordan, where can people go uh, to grab a copy of the book, uh, to find out more about you, what you're up to, all that good stuff? Yeah, thanks for asking. So you can find me at jordanleesdooley.com and you can find all the info on the book and grab a copy at jordanleesdooley.com slash EYA. There's a bonus um, or like special edition at Target where there's bonus content. It's kind of interesting, juicy stuff I haven't shared anywhere else. And then um, Barnes and Noble has a signed copy. So you can pre-order or you can order now anywhere, uh, but jordanleesdooley.com slash EYA is where you can find all the things. Cool. Uh, guys, check out the book, Embrace Your Almost. It's live. It's as of the time That's that so you're wild. seeing this interview <laughs> or hearing this interview. Jordan, you're awesome. Thank you so much. This is amazing. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you can be listening to, YouTube channels that you can be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode all right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode are on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, and then number three, this is probably the most important uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right. Reviews are super important and help the podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, so number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that. I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right. All you have to do is go to register to sign up, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step. So how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.